0: Welcome, I'm Alexander, and we are Need Deep in Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry, with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 167, recorded on December the 8th, 2021. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on kneedeepintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. This episode is a full-length interview that Simon and I did with Carolina Ketokari, an Office on Apps MVP from Finland. And we are joined now by Carolina Ketokari. Carolina, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So your name always comes up whenever we talk about something that we have no idea about, (laughs) (laughs) i.e. stuff like Viva and Teams and all those other things. So could you please uh, give a short introduction to who you are and what you do and and how you came to do what you're doing?
1: Oh, yes, of course. So I'm... Karolina Kettokori, and I'm from Finland, as you maybe can guess from my difficult, difficult name. And uh, I work as a modern work leader and advisor at a Finnish Microsoft consultancy group called Medlake. And basically, we do modern work with Microsoft M365, so basically with Microsoft Teams. And uh, everything we do uh, revolves around getting people um, help, helping people, people to be happier at work and helping people to uh, have smoother, um, easier working days with all of these different solutions, applications they have to use at their work on a daily basis.
0: Interesting. So you're actually using happy at work <laughs> and Teams in the same sentence. <laughs> I can't wait to dive into this.
1: Yeah, I think we have so many frustrations going on around teams, and my one of my job is to remove all of those frustrations because lots of lots of toes are simple things you can actually. Um, I can only think of Swedish words. I think it's your fault at the moment, actually. <laughs>
2: we, we we can translate.
1: Yes, but yeah. Um, uh, usually it's like small things people get frustrated with, and actually people could make their own lives easier with just um, simply doing things a bit differently.
0: So would, would you say that people come with a set of preconceptions that not might, might not necessarily be the way to use Teams with?
1: Yeah, I I could say that, yeah.
0: So um, when can we handle multiple tenants in Teams?
1: <laughs>
0: and that you, was it for this interview. Oh, wow, yes, that was quick.
1: Yes, you can right now, actually. I know the tenant switching into desktop application isn't very smooth, but the tenant switching in a mobile application works pretty, pretty well. And the secret tip that consultants should use is different uh, browser profiles for different tenants and customers.
0: And that is a great tip. The only downside to that is the horrible cacophony that you're going to be looking at when you get notifications from 16 different channels.
1: (laughs) And there comes my super favorite tip. Take care of your notifications.
0: Oh, I've taken care of them. I took them all out the back and shot them in the head. They are not an issue anymore. Now That's also a great tip. But but isn't also,
2: and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, isn't the multiple tenant thing a very, or mostly an IT consultancy thing? And the ones that complain the most are also the same people that are out speaking on stages. The majority of Teams users will likely not be in more than one or two tenants. So is the problem really as big as Twitter makes it sound? And is it is that the reason why it's taken a while for Microsoft to fix it?
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you, Simon. That's an excellent point. So, yeah, I think the tenant switching thing is a problem for IT consultants. But it's not a problem for, um, should I say, normal, everyday employees in a company. Mm. And I like to make make things easier for the Mm -hmm. 99.9% of team users and tenant switching maybe isn't on the top of that list. Even though I I know it's an important topic, Mm -hmm. but not for team masses.
2: No, and I think the same challenge is there with, Authenticator as an example, because I've seen so many polls for, we need search in Microsoft Authenticator because I have so many tenants to sign into. And and yes, I'm one of them. I, I don't know how many I have, but again, <laughs> it's a very little group of people that need search to find the correct account within the Microsoft Authenticator. So I think that's mm-hmm. like, it's with everything. The The people that are most verbal is Zero point one percent of the actual users.
1: Yeah, and I think it's 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 funny because we have this Finnish podcast in Finland called Studio with um, Azure experts and, and IT experts, and every time I visit there, they have the same things, <laughs> the same questions about tenant switching and uh, custom emojis because lack has custom emojis. And uh, yeah, I think they are nice, they are super important, but maybe they are the most important for IT professionals. Mm
2: -hmm. And and if we then go into today's topic, do you see Viva as being something for the 99% or for the 1%?
1: Oh, yes. So actually, Alexander, do you know what Viva is?
0: smooth, (laughs) smooth. (laughs) Funny you should ask because no, I, I literally have no idea. Um, it's, and I mean, I've been at computing for 25 years and it is exceedingly rare for me to not have a clue. So it's, it's exciting to be able to say, no, I, I have no idea. I wouldn't know what it is if it bit me in the posterior.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No worries. I have literally like no idea what Azure is, but anyway, I know everything about Viva. So, A short recap, Uh, about a year ago, Microsoft launched this huge employee experience campaign, I would say maybe, and Viva is a solutions, four solutions at the moment that are based on Teams. And we have Viva Connections, uh, Viva Insights, Viva Topics, and Viva Learning at the moment. And those are not separate applications, But they are, um, should I say, extensions to Microsoft Teams, and they all have different meaning, different uh, works to do to ease up the employee's life in in the organizations. So, yes, I would very much say that most of the things in Viva are the 99 percent of the users.
0: So does that mean that Viva is not its own thing? Viva are kind of an add-ons to teams there's no viva portal that i can go to
1: yes um you can for example go to viva insights via office.com but actually the main thing in viva is that teams as the hub for teamwork brings all of those different m365 solutions together So instead of switching between different applications and the different solutions, the employee can stay inside one window, inside one solution, which is Teams. And then we can bring those, for example, Viva, solutions, Viva capabilities into our working environment, which is
0: Teams. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so I, I was thinking along the lines of a replacement for Yammer. So I've, I've been looking, and you're going to laugh your ass off for this. I've been looking high and low after trying to find the darn Viva portal. <laughs> Turns out that there isn't one. That makes so much sense. And I've, we keep coming back to that on on this podcast, that if you if you cannot find information on the internet, there is a high likelihood that you're asking the wrong questions, which is very evident in this case. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we know what it is and where it's hiding. What does it do? What do we need it for?
1: So um, so we have these four different parts. And Vivo Connections was the first one that came in, in public preview and in general availability. And Viva Connections is included in your current SharePoint and Teams licensing. So because every time I talk with these new features with, for example, IT, uh, with a the customer, they always ask, is it going to cost... A lot. And no, Viva Connections isn't going to cost anymore because it's all already included in your licensing. And basically uh, Viva Connections brings your modern SharePoint internet to Teams and offers more, uh, more modern and different ways to target news, target tasks, uh, for example, reports to different audiences in your organization. So it, it 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 improves your in- internal communications.
2: So, because this is the thing that kind of replaced Delve, right? Or how mm. do they interact?
1: Yeah. So basically, in Delve, uh, Delve also offers you, for example, some relevant documents or some relevant people, and Viva Connections will offer you relevant news. Or uh, for example, you can create these cool uh, cards with adaptive cards and offer, for example, task lists or parts from some other third-party system. So you can also integrate uh, your reporting system, your CRM system into your internet and into Teams via Viva Connections.
2: So could Alexander, in theory, Take a small chunk of a Power BI report or the data within Power BI and add that to Teams or add it
0: to SharePoint to show a bit of information. You probably could, but that that would be an unnecessarily complex because there are much better ways of in putting Power BI into um, into um, Teams. Yeah. But I, I understand where you're going with that, Simon.
2: I think. Couldn't it be, because the the notion of adapted cards isn't that that it actually, because I guess Alexander is thinking of adding the Power BI app or a dashboard to Teams, this would be more of a always up-to-date bit of something inside of a conversation. So I yeah. think it's slightly different in the way, yeah, now, now, we <laughs> just learned, we taught him something <laughs> that he didn't know about Power BI. <laughs>
1: So you could, for example, add some number or Mm -hmm. some chart in -hmm. theory at the moment, Mm -hmm. maybe in the future, it really works, but, (laughs) (laughs) but basically anything you could do at the moment with adaptive cards, Mm -hmm. you could add, uh, into your Viva connections and then bring it into your team's experience for every user.
0: So. If Excel is the single most dangerous piece of software ever devised, and SharePoint is the single most misused piece of software ever devised, how much duct tape is behind Viva? And I mean, how how much of a rewrite and a writing it the right way, if you will, did they do with Viva? And how much is it just forcing a square peg into a round hole just to get stuff into Teams?
1: I think Viva is actually pretty blank canvas. And the thing is that usually before um, uh, companies have taken all of these applications and just thrown them to users and just say, Mm -hmm. hey, terrorist teams, go and use it. We don't have any trainings. It's very easy. You just go and get it. But with Viva, you actually fail if you just throw them to the users. You really have to plan how you will adapt and implement and do all the change management part, for example, with Connections, because there is a chance that end users will be very, very confused with all the notifications, with all the feeds, with all the cards they will get.
0: So circling back, because now... We're touching on something that I I find extremely interesting. Both Simon and I are MCTs. Are you an MCT as well?
1: No, I'm only MAP.
0: (laughs) Only, (laughs) she said. (laughs) Um, So we are both trainers. We've been training for quite a lot of years, and we see more and more this whole notion of software should be so easy that you don't need any training. That has always rubbed me the wrong way. I think everything you do, you're taking the obvious piece of software teams that people still manage to mess up every day of the week. And you're training people to use that software in a way to make them more more productive. And as you said, happier, mm-hmm. what's your view on, on the, the required training for software in general and, and productivity software in, in particular, looking at teams, Viva and all that stuff.
1: I think that people say that sentence that it shouldn't require any training, which I basically hate that sentence, is that they compare Teams, for example, with WhatsApp. And everyone knows how to use WhatsApp, but basically you just send text messages and take pictures. And with Teams, you can send messages, you can take pictures and share them, but basically, you can do like a million things more with Teams. And uh, whereas Skype or, or WhatsApp is only for simple communications, Teams is for communication, collaboration, document management, task management, meeting memos, basically everything you need in your knowledge work. And it's, it's just impossible not to require any training for like everything you do at your work every day. So um, I think that general trainings, like going through every single button in Teams, are overrated. Because people can, really smart people, can, can use the basic functionalities in Teams pretty well. But when it comes to really utilize all of those applications, for example in Teams, for example Planner or OneNote, simple things, then we really need to combine the trainings with real life use cases. And then it doesn't um, it's not enough anymore to have these general, for example, video trainings. But we need to go uh, with a team or with a unit and have their own real life use cases and then train via those, those real use cases. And then it will succeed.
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, and kind of a of a, a sidetrack, but we first met when the world just about ended. Uh, Tech Days Finland, was it 20, 2020?
1: 2020, in 20, beginning yeah. of March.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so you've been running all over the world before that. I have, Simon has, and suddenly we were forced to basically lock ourselves into our, our kitchens, home offices, um, bathrooms, whatever we, we managed to find. And this has impacted speaking, of course. I've done a lot of public spe- speaking over the internet, Simon has, and I s- suppose you have too. What's your view on training and speaking online, like, well, basically over, over Teams, if you will?
1: Yeah. So... For example, speaking in conferences online, it's 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 okay. We can do it. It's, it's okay. But if you think about training end users online or, or training people in organizations online, we really had done um, major transformations. For example, in our workshops, in our trainings, because the having one hundred slides of PowerPoint and talking two hours, everyone are sleeping by the end of the end of the training. So we have become much more interactive with our trainings online. And we are using, uh, for example, I know it's not a Microsoft product, but Miro, Miro. Yeah, I know you could use whiteboard, but it's not uh, that advanced at the moment still. Sorry, Microsoft. (laughs) But um, virtual trainings, online trainings are possible. We have done like huge projects totally online, but, but it requires a bit different take on, on how you com, uh, compile your workshops and trainings.
2: Absolutely. And I, I, I'm a very odd person. So I'll, I will just warn yes, you, you are. we will get into <laughs> licensing later on uh, because I, I'm one of the very few people in the world who loves Microsoft licenses. Too
1: bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but speaking about learning, the second part of Viva is viva learning and that's a part i think i understood kind of first of those four because it was very similar to things like both both me and alexander are plural site authors and it's similar in the way plural sites learning platform works so what is viva learning and how can you use that inside of an organization
1: yes so viva learning you can add as an application to your teams from the left hand trail navigation. And in Vivo Learning, you actually have some free content. So you have the Microsoft Learn content, the M365 lear, uh, training content. Uh, for example, um, if you have had learning pathways in your organization, you can now use Vivo Learning for that. But then, in, in addition to that, if you pay more, if you have the licenses, which is $4 per user per month. Um, you can actually utilize, for example, LinkedIn learning content. You can use Pluralsight content or combine your own LMS system into into Teams. And then you can create, for example, learning paths, assign courses or tasks to employees, and the managers can see where their uh, team members are, are going learning-wise. So that's basically Vivo Learning.
2: Yeah, and I think that, that is something that me and Alexander have worked with previously and I think organizations have made LMS systems overly complicated in, in many instances. I think this will be a huge improvement. But since you mentioned the cost I actually were under the impression that you would get Viva included in some kind of license. But now when I'm looking at the the Swedish marketplace for that it's actually around $8 per user per month on top of whichever Microsoft 365 license you have.
1: Yes. So so you can have the Viva Suite, which is mm-hmm. all those Viva products together, which mm-hmm. is the $8, $9 per, per yeah. month per user. Or then you can buy the learning topics or insights separately, which is about $4 mm-hmm. per user per month.
2: And, and like do Do you find that reasonable that if I pay for let's say a Microsoft three six five e five license, do you think it's it's worth the cost of adding on the Viva suite, or is it mostly that you have something similar today and you can replace it with Viva because it integrates better into the rest of your the products you're using? Mm.
1: To be honest, I think it's worth the money if you really plan how you're going to use it. And then you really, really use all of those different mm-hmm. solutions in Viva. Yeah. But the thing with, for example, E3, E5, F licenses is that people are using Teams as replacement for Skype mm-hmm. and not utilizing all of those solutions and functionalities you have in Teams, which makes Teams licensing pretty expensive yeah. if, if you think <laughs> it that way. So, so, and also, Viva is pretty new, very mm. new products at the moment. And many of the features are yet to come, are yet to be published. So if I were a, a normal organization, should I say, I would definitely go for the Viva Connections, because it's it's free, it's mm. included in your, in your licensing. And I would go for the free functionalities in Viva Insights. But then, if I want to really take a look on those extra possibilities, then I would think about, is this the good time to do those at the moment? Or should I maybe wait uh, half a year, a year, when the product is more mature?
0: So speaking of maturity here, where would you say Viva is? Are we looking at a beta? Or are we looking at a statement of direction? or? Where are we?
1: I think Viva Connections, really go for it. It's, it's, it's very nice at the moment as it is, and new functionalities are going all the time. With Viva Learning, um, yes, go for it if you have your own LMS system, which, which could be included or uh, combined with Viva Learning. And Viva Insights, uh, those free functionalities, go for it. Those paid functionalities are a bit different thing, because it requires uh, enterprise agreement. And for example, in Finland, not many companies had ha- have that actually. And Viva Topics is maybe the most interesting of, this, of these uh, four, and maybe the most um, thing for the future. But at the moment, maybe it's a bit more better than the others.
0: Okay, you're you're teasing like (laughs) crazy. What the hell is Viva Topics?
1: So uh, Viva Topics is the fourth or third solution inside Viva, Viva Suite. And Viva Topics is all about knowledge management and content management. So basically, it uses AI to sniff around all of your content in SharePoint, in Teams, in M365, And it will combine the knowledge uh, into these topic cards or topic pages in SharePoint. And in theory, in in the future, for example, when people write a message in Teams or write something, for example, in a Word document, and then the M365 knows that you have written a Word, which is a name for a project. Then Then a card with all the topic information about the project will appear. So documents, people around the project, another information about the, about the project or about the topic. Of course, you can only see the information that you're entitled to see. So it, it doesn't break the usage rights in, in, in SharePoint or in Teams.
0: So it's basically a smart collator, if you will. Yes, so here we have an AI that spends its days reading stuff in SharePoint. Where do you think Skynet came from? <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is one, how it started. Poor AI.
1: Um, but the thing with Viva Topics is that AI is also pretty dumb, and it requires people. To be really effective. So Viva Topics isn't something you can just like push the button, it's there, go and use it. But you really have to have those experts in your organization that um, go through the topics and make sure that everything is really relevant and and up to date.
0: And that brings me to a super interesting question. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that that kind of person doesn't exist today, and that's also the kind of person that would curate and kind of take care of tools like Teams. And again, they don't exist today because nobody thinks they're they're they need to be there. How how do you go about at a project at a customer site to to make them figure out that yes, you need this specific uh, person, if, if you will?
1: That's actually one of my. Favorite topics at the moment? <laughs> because I, I've seen a huge transformation in, in, in organizations during the past year, maybe, that usually before we did most of our projects were very technical SharePoint internet projects or technical teams implementation projects. But what, what we are doing at the moment is very not technical, Very much uh, focused around change management, coaching people, coaching uh, better work habits, uh, coaching people how to use these tools they have at the moment. And uh, yes, organizations need that internal owner for, for example, not only teams, not only IT, but internal owner, for example, learning in organizations or... um, more the work in organizations. And um, uh, within my customers, some of them already has someone. And usually it's not from IT. It's usually from communications department or from HR. And that's uh, fantastic that we have those already.
2: Yeah, and I do think that when you started with your, uh, your last sentence, Alexander, I was like, that's a content manager. And I actually have a few organizations that have those. But the companies that have content managers today are either very large companies that have like onboarding a thousand people every week, every month, or they are spin-offs of those companies. So they understand the need of having all the information at one place. But I do think it's essential to understand that it will be important because as we see with Delve, Where it's mostly based on, you are part of this group, you might be interested, and it may have nothing whatsoever to do with it. It's only based on your organizational belonging. Now, and and you can then ask someone, is this relevant? When you get to topics, it can be information from anywhere. It doesn't have to have any kind of relation to you, other than that you're interested in the topic itself. And then you need to ensure that it is
0: relevant. The, the issue that I see with uh, handing this off to content managers is that it's only partly about the content. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, you're alluding to this continuously, Carolina. It's about the people. It's about processes. It's about what has turned into my favorite word, governance. <laughs> it's all about all those things in order to enable people to use the tools. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like forcing a librarian to do things that they were not trained for and maybe are not interested in. So that's why I, I totally get why a content manager would get this in their lap, but I'm not entirely sure that they are the best suited for it, especially if they don't have any any prior training to it.
1: And I think the Microsoft idea with the Swiva Topics is that you have these subject matter experts in your company, so that the people which... Or are actually working within those projects or within those topics and they take care of those topic cards in in the company but we all know that we have this internet where we have the people who should take care of their own pages in the internet and they don't so I'm I'm actually pretty suspicious about how the subject matter expert can really um, take care of their own topic site <laughs>
2: But isn't that also, because now we're getting into a topic I think we can spend hours on, but isn't that a bit of a chicken and egg situation that I see so many organizations where they say, we have one way of communicating in this company, and that's our SharePoint site. And in practice, that's never true. Because yes, it may be one place where HR or the leadership team communicates, but where zero people read. Mm. And then you have things like Slack, you have things like uh, Trello, you have all the other ways of communicating, which is much more...
0: Yammer. Uh, oh, let's please...
1: Yammer is not dead. No? <laughs> no.
0: no. Why? Dead. Yammer is the Microsoft equivalent of a damn zombie.
2: It <laughs> just <laughs> won't stay it's, dead. It, it's <laughs> like coal power plants or the Lada car brand. It's still there. Actually, Sorry.
1: When we, just a, just a moment, because um, when we are talking about Weaver Topics,
2: mm-hmm.
1: actually Weaver Topics and Yammer have a huge connection with yeah. each other. So if you actually have used Yammer or it's, it's the zombie in your organization and you are thinking about starting to use Weaver Topics, you really must also do something about your Yammer because otherwise your Yammer and Topics will clasp.
0: I can think of a lot of things to do to the hammer. Yeah, but but I do think you're
2: absolutely right, Carolina. That I think topics is what will make Jammer valuable to many more organizations. Because why do we struggle with Jammer in smaller organizations? It's mm. not enough content, it's it's nothing that connects the bits of information that is everywhere. So I, I do think that. that combination will be really useful and very powerful and going back to why doesn't it work with with current owners of sites it has to be in something in it for them and i fully understand if people are saying that why should i keep this site up that no one reads it so it gets into a chicken egg situation i think this will enable it to be slightly more relevant And if you care about the content and you see that people are consuming it, because if they use the word in teams, like you say, they will get to the site. They will have access to the information at their fingertips. So I I do think that we have a better opportunity to be successful with this, but then people need to understand their role. And as you said, get trained, what happens? How does it look? How does it present to the user?
0: This is still the the IT industry is still kind of the place where you can succeed without any any formal training. Hi. And (laughs) in in many ways, that is fantastic because you can take people from all works of life, walks of life to to do whatever they want to. The issue is with that, as we're kind of coming back to, we have this expectation that everything should be doable without training. Training has become something. Um, uh, bad, if you will, not no. necessarily that that bad, but it's not the first thing you think of when whenever you face a new piece of software. Um, how how do you think we could drive a change in mindset that whenever there is a new tool, whatever it may be, your first thought should not be to dive in, kick the tires, and blow the damn thing up, but instead look at some proper training and start from a good starting point.
1: I think that comes. Um, that's not an easy job to do. And uh, what we have done, for example, with, with our customers, it it goes case by case. And the, the usual thing is that we um, customers ask, for example, can you come and give us teams training? And then we say, oh, in our opinion, uh, for from our experience, general trainings don't do much. So what about we could do something that really has effect in your company? And it all comes down to discovering what the company, what the employees really, really need. And the thing is that they may actually, uh, they maybe doesn't need any any technical training, but they do need training, for example, in how to manage their tasks. And then we get to the real pain points in organization. And then we can not train, but coach them with the real-life use cases, which is way, way, way more effective. So um, I think it's it's slow, slow change ahead. And it, it, it has to be done really case by
0: case. And it kind of drives the question, um, could you say something about your Clients, are you going towards a specific um, type of clients, or is it anything goes? And how much of them are, are actually tech companies in in their own right?
1: Uh, our clients are the largest uh, companies in Finland, so we have both public and private sectors, and lots of uh, p- companies that are only uh, working inside Finland, but also. Uh, international companies which have offices all around the world, but large company in Finland is basically anything above two thousand is large, and the largest companies in Finland have about let's say forty thousand employees. So not huge in in the worldwide scale, but large in in the Finnish scale, and they are not uh, not IT companies but they are like cities, municipalities in Finland, um, indus, uh, different industries. Um, so very different different kind of uh, companies and, and, and settings.
0: Do you find that, so th- this is a bit of a two-part question. Do you find that regardless of the type of customer, are they facing the same issues, if you will? And having done some work in Finland and with Finnish customers. I find Finland to be a bit different than a lot of the world's, uh, mostly because the, the adherence to Finnish. Finnish is the prime language. English is, you're, you're kind of like the French. You don't <laughs> really like English. And given the choice, you're gonna stick to Finnish. Thank you very much. Uh, does the Finnish mindset uh, change how you do trainings, or do, do you approach the same thing? Do you approach your, your, your trainings in the same way as you would in other uh, international company?
1: Yeah. So um, the one thing Finland differs from another countries in the world is that we are actually very advanced in, in, in technology. So, for example, all of our customers in Finland, all of the companies in Finland in general are in the cloud. So we have no... Uh, we have no TOS technical implementation projects anymore. We only have TOS adoption projects, change management projects, compared to, for example, Germany, where everything is still still on-premises. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, I've heard
2: they still are using cash to pay.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I actually took costs, cash out of ATM at first time in like two years when I went to Collab Summit last week. Yeah. <laughs> it was <a> strange experience. <laughs> but yeah, so um, first of all, the projects in Finland are a bit different because already we are in the cloud, companies are in the cloud. So it's more about utilization of those tools and, and solutions. And uh, about the Finnish language, um, we love our Finnish language. Yes. But the thing is that uh, Finnish people know English very well. They, all Finnish people speak English very well. They also speak Finnish, uh, Swedish because we learn Swedish at school. <laughs> but um, the level of English uh, in Finland is, is pretty good. But we love Finnish. And then, for example, trainings, training materials. Everything is always better if it's in Finnish, even though everyone can English. But that leads to the thing that we can't take any, for example, ready made Microsoft materials, we can't take any um, videos Microsoft produces because all, all of those have, have to be in Finnish.
0: No, and I found more than once that it is exceedingly difficult to come in as a foreigner, even if. As you say, most people do speak Swedish. I I can't work on my own. Basically, I will need a Finnish translator, guide, whatever, it kind of kind of someone to work through in order to get things done. And in that way, you are not unlike um, Japan. So interesting twists and turns that you might not expect. We are. As always, (laughs) running out of time. That's kind of what we do. And we still have one more thing to talk about. Insights. No. (laughs) License. Well, we can do insights as well, but (laughs) hello. Loop. Yeah, but But come on. Loop.
1: Yeah. Loop.
0: (laughs) Then 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 you choose. What do
2: you want to talk about? The last minutes. You're the expert.
1: Uh, just one thing about insights. So yes, if you know my analytics, the thing that provides you all the information about your meetings and etc., et it's now branded branded again as Viva Insights. So it's it's there, it's free, included in your, for example, E5 licensing. Just go and use it. Very nice, super nice. There's also a paid functionality, so it's a licensing functionality in Insights with the manager experience. But, I don't know, the Personal Insights is a, an excellent, excellent solution.
2: And it's Viva Insights who send that daily mail to you, Alexander.
1: Yeah. No, it isn't. <laughs> it also might be Cortana or My yeah. Analytics or whatever they call it at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Loop.
0: Loop in three minutes.
1: Loop Dope. in three minutes. It was the biggest um, Modework announcement at Ignite a couple of weeks, months, months ago. And uh, I'm not really sure what it brings, what new it brings at the moment to, to Modework's scene. Because at the moment, you can add loop, component, loop, loop components, which are uh, formerly known as fluid framework components, into Teams chats. And then you can, for example, have a table, you can all edit together directly in the chat. But you can edit pages, you can edit text together simultaneously in PowerPoint, in OneNote. So where do you need Loop at the moment? In the future, maybe it's yes, when we have these super cool 3D emoji, pink, purple... Violet loop application. <laughs> but let's say we have to wait for
0: that. So is loop the framework to be able to do collaborative work inside of a uh, an application or is loop in its own way a collaboration tool?
1: You can combine for example OneNote or PowerPoint documents or loop components in your loop application workspace. And then you also can have your loop components inside, for example, Teams chat. I don't I don't I don't think there is a good answer to your question at the moment.
0: <laughs> I am thoroughly confused. Very well done.
1: And so are the end users at the moment.
0: <laughs> and I think that might actually be one of the best endings in recorded history. Uh, So are the end users as well, says Carolina, and she knows her stuff. Well, it's been 45 fantastic minutes. I have learned so much about Viva. I'm pretty sure that Simon has as well. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be spending a lot of time tonight thinking about Viva. (laughs) how <laughs> to turn a few emails off. Uh, no, it, it's been fantastic. It, things are starting to make sense. Uh, and that's why I love having the ability to just call on way smarter people than than us to to answer these questions. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking the time.
1: Thank you for having me. It's super, super nice to be here today.
0: May, may I just end with one thing?
2: It's time to living La Viva Loca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, you didn't.
0: Simon, you're out of this podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Tech. Need Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Heini Hilmarinen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at need